this is probably the most difficult day for me to get up here and think by any means that I could share anything with you all, just because the way my week's been and my day's been. But um, a while back, I received a word. It's been about three months, and it's been developing. And I had shared with Phil at one point that I had a word. And um, this morning when I came in, I mentioned to a couple ladies that I needed prayer because my heart was just filled with stuff. And then I saw Phil walk down the aisle, and I thought if I just turned my head, he wouldn't notice me there and ask me, to share the word from three months ago, today. And he didn't. He got behind me and said, Jenny, would you share that word today? So I'm, um, I'm at God's mercy, your mercy, and um, I pray for his anointing. In fact, I'm going to pray right now. Lord Jesus, we know that our steps are ordered by you. We know that it's only you, Lord, that brings the fruit of your Holy Spirit. We know that in ourselves we can do nothing, and I declare in myself I can do nothing, and I am nothing apart from your blood. So I ask, Lord, for hearts to be open to receive, that if there's anything I share that is not of you, Lord, that it would go off to the wayside. But the things that are of you, Lord, I pray they take root in our hearts, and that they make a difference. And I just thank you for this opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters in the Lord the goodness of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I, I haven't looked at this and dealt with it in a while, so bear with me. I might have to read some stuff. I might need that light on. Above me, maybe, and less light out there is fine. So, the title of this is Jesus, Is He Not Enough? Churches are growing all around us, and we know in our church we have experienced people leaving for different reasons. But are those reasons... Are those people leaving to find satisfaction elsewhere? Something that maybe we weren't offering enough for them. Um, Are they leaving because the Lord led them? Is our church having less people because maybe we don't have certain things that draw other people? The matter is, our people, our church is growing around us because new believers, the lost are coming in, or is it dissatisfied Christians roaming about trying to find that which will fill that void other than Jesus Christ? And I really hope other churches are growing because the Spirit of the Lord's there and God is doing a move. And I know a lot of people have been disheartened in our church because we've lost a lot of people we love. And But I want to tell you, miracles are happening. This word, when I received it from the Lord, there was more despair going on and more unsettling in the spirit. But now, 
in the last few weeks even, in the last month, I have noticed that there are miracles happening because hearts are turning to the Lord. Now, we might be searching out for physical miracles. Those are happening, too. And I know um, a lot of you were here when I talked about the dream. The, um, I write poetry, and, and I dealt with fear about the dental chair for a long time. And um, I had a tooth which I believed the Lord would heal. I had two root canals on it, two crown lengthening. And the last time I was there, they said it had to be removed. And I prayed, and my sisters prayed, and I went to the dentist this past week. Because for me to lose a tooth is very traumatic. I can't explain it. Whatever your stuff is, it's yours, but that's one of mine. The Lord healed me. He took the x-ray, and he looked at it, and he said that infection, they call it when your tooth can no longer, whatever the word is for it. Um, Anyways, the Lord healed me. I knew he would. The day before I went in, it's just like when I was a little girl and I had a ward on my hand. And I prayed and prayed. And I knew after Girl Scout camp it was going to be removed. The day before I left Girl Scout camp, that wart was gone. I was terrified of having it burn off. And this was a time when I knew the Lord was going to touch me too. And he did. Only because of his mercy and grace. And um, it seems like a small thing, but it's just empowered me to be more excited and embracing of the goodness of the Lord and what he's doing. And he's doing a marvelous thing in our fellowship. He really is. And um, we, we have just something so special here. And it's just coming to fruition. And I loved hearing the youth share. It gave me a restored insight into how the generations are coming up and that there is hope that our young people are searching the Lord and worshiping the Lord. And I'm just so excited about that new fruit. So I'll get with this. Um, Phil shared, I think, a month or so ago. John wasn't here. And I want to tell you, if you did not, if you weren't here and you didn't listen to that teaching, it was called I'll Never Stop Looking or Watching. It was about the Lord and it was about how churches, it was very prophetic in nature too, and it lined up with what the Lord had given me maybe a month before. And part of what he talked about was our sense of entitlement. Now, sense of entitlement is different than expectations. Expectations of what the Lord's going to do and his goodness, his mercy, his forgiveness, his grace, his healing is different than a sense of entitlement that we want it now, we deserve it, what we're going to get, or just the opposite of some of the things Phil touched on when we get hurt in a church, when somebody doesn't notice us, when our word goes, you know, untouched. We we have this marvelous thing to give and nobody cares or says, oh, good word. Or we do all this stuff for people. We bring meals, whatever it is. And then we lose that that feeling, that sense that we're doing it is unto the Lord. And that seeps into the body of Christ very subtly. 
just like the things of the world now that evil seems is the new good and good is appearing to be the new evil and that's not the Lord's doing that's the enemy's doing seeping into the world and I'll just share just a little thing about that we were on our um, family reunion for my husband's side and I'm famous for something I make um, I'm really nervous is this a new water I make meatballs really good meatballs and red sauce and I'm not Italian but I'm from Long Island and my sister-in-law and her family own a pizza place in uh, New York upstate and she makes meatballs and and I was I was uh, I made 72 meatballs and I was waiting for some compliments particularly from uh, Patty and Kurt and the family and I saw um, my sister-in-law like whispering to her daughter and back and forth and and all of a sudden I started thinking they're talking about me they're talking about my meatballs my meatballs don't measure up to their meatballs and um, what it did to me was made me develop an attitude towards them for about three hours I didn't want to look at them I didn't like being in the same room and it was getting worse and worse and what it was doing it was squelching what was beautiful for a time it was taking away that relationship that I felt towards my sister-in-law that was based on just fun and love and being a part of the family for almost 50 years and it it hit me that's that's what happens with us it only takes a spark or in this case you know with the church I'd say it's it's not a spark because that might wake us up at something so much more subtle just um, just to say be really careful where your thoughts go where your heart goes and how far it takes you and and the new thing the Lord has showed me edit edit and shift edit what comes in your mind edit what goes out and be consciously aware by asking the Lord by his Holy Spirit to make that real to you because it's really really important especially in these days when we're so busy so this is the word the Lord gave me um, the wonderful thing about us is that we have soft bellies. We are seasoned believers. We know who we are in Christ, and we don't go church hopping every time we have a disagreement. The not-so-wonderful thing about us is we have soft bellies, and we have become satisfied. John 7:38 He who believes in me out of his heart will flow rivers of living waters. We don't have to perform for it, keep the law for it, go to church for it, feel good for it. It is by his mercy, his grace and his love that we receive it. Sometimes our drain gets plugged up. Our hearts get full of so much else, hurt, envy, strife, fear, disappointment in Jesus and self 
seven times in Revelation, which I don't read that often, but the Lord led me to that. Seven times the biblical good number. The word says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This isn't to the non-believers. This is to the churches. And um, I'll read a little bit of that. Let's see. 13 through 22 I'll read. This is to the church of uh, Laodicea. These things, says the A.M. and faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, and you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing do not know, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by the fire, that you may be rich, white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and to anoint your eyes with the eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Ooh, we don't like that. We like to say that's not part of the word. In this world, you will have tribulation is a promise just as much as the promise, I will never leave you or forsake you. The matter of the tribulation is the Lord will see us through, will be with us. We live in a fallen world. We're here. We're of this world. We're in this world, but we are not of this world. As many as I love, I rebuke and chase, and therefore be zealous and repent. And I know repentance, repent, has been, has gotten a lot of flack these days, but it's deeper than, than what appears to be. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me and on my throne. And I also, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And if you go to Isaiah 55, 1 through 3, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come buy milk without money, without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. He who has an ear, let him hear. In other words, the things of the Lord that cost us nothing, he has so richly blessed us. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. That just speaks volumes to me. Repentance, and I think this is J.J. Packard's, um, what he wrote about it, because it's not what I wrote. 
It's a healthy guilt and shame, and it goes beyond contrition and sorrow for sin to a consciousness of God's sovereign act of mercy. It's wonderful, it's enlightening, it's a lifting of the soul and spirit. And when our pastor came back from his sabbatical, one of the first things he did was stand up here and ask um, forgiveness for some things um, that he felt maybe affected the body, that he, sh- whether he said them or did them. And it was such a blessing because I think it kind of... Um, it kind of opened the door to setting us free from a lot of stuff. Um, because the kind of repentance the Lord's talking about is not, um, yes, we, we, do, we are affected by sin, do we, we do commit sin, but those of us who are born again are sealed with the Holy Spirit and are no longer sinners per se, but we are people prone to sin because we live in this fallen world. And the spirit of the living Christ that dwells in us shares this body that's fallible with emotions and feelings that are very untrustworthy. I like to feel emotions, and I think we all do, that are positive and good and joyful. I like to have feelings that don't um, bog me down. But those are not the things that we base our relationship with the Lord on, either are the extending things that go around us in our fellowship, as good as they are and as wonderful as they are, nothing compares to sitting at the feet of Jesus. Nothing compares to opening that door of our heart. And when he's speaking, he who has a ear, let him open the door, He's not speaking to the lost. A lot of times that's preached or shared that he's talking to the lost to come into their heart. What he's doing is reminding us, the church, that he's at the door. Sadly, it's come to what was at the door this morning, and I hope I don't step on feet with this, but that we have to have locked doors, that we have to live in this world that has come to this place where our children are afraid. But nothing has changed about Jesus. That door is trying to be blocked by the enemy. There's strong armor coming up against it, but no weapon formed against our Jesus will prosper. And, yes, give him the glory. Um, and that is what he wants. It sounds so simple. And he says in his word, you who have no money. We, I have no money. And I'm not talking about cash. I have nothing in me apart from Jesus Christ that is of any value. Yet he loves me and died for me. And that's the same gift for each one of us. And he's knocking at the door. He's knocking at the door. And the thing that's going to attract the lost, which is who we want in our body, as well as any, anyone else, 
is Jesus Christ. It's not as much as we love our worship here, and that was so awesome. It's not just the worship. It's not just the elders. It's not just our pastor. It's not just the building. It's the hearts of believers desiring once again that Jesus is enough. So I'm going to close with a poem the Lord gave me to go with this and to say I really hope you're encouraged because I'm encouraged. I We in our ladies' Bible study, and I go to a ladies' Bible study here who I never thought I would do this, not because I feel I'm better than it. I just didn't want the hassle of dealing with other women at this time in my life. It was, and I, certain ones, I believe they were the ones who said this and that about me, and I had a whole thing. And the Lord said, go to that Bible study. I went to the Bible study. We disagree on things. We totally do. There's some things we disagree on. But we love each other. And we are working towards the high goal, which is to glorify Jesus, to be instruments of love in this fellowship, to pray and lift our elders and pastor and those that are hurting and those that need healing. And, um, and it's awesome what God's doing in that in that little group of women and in my heart that's for sure so awaken love's desire awakens love's desire in our soul I have not seen ear have not heard what makes us whole for thy love has been still waters that go deep we wait for you to stir us from slumber sleep We've walked the road that circles back to where we are satisfied. Do not stir the giants, for we tire, and we choose the weapons of our pride. For the valleys, we built bridges so as not to fall down low. Though you said in the valleys you will find me to lift the wayward, hurting friend or foe. We've raised the correspondence. They've loudly quenched your whispers out. Though unaware of how we've hurt you, Lord, by your mercies, please make us shout. Awaken love's desire. Throw satisfaction in where we are out. Draw us deep within your waters. Heal us, your sons and daughters. Is Jesus not enough? That's all. I'm not Italian either, and I come from Cartagena. And I can cook gravy. The same Lord, God of heaven and earth, 
mighty to us all. I was reading in the Old Testament, and I ran across a chapter that talked about having eyes to see and ears to hear. At the end of that chapter, yes, the kids want to go to their classes. (laughs) They took care of that. At the end of that chapter, there's a verse that perked my interest, and I began to look into that verse, and it is, The secrets belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the works of this law. Don't get tore up on the last word of that verse, because it simply means to us that we'll be able to do the works that the Lord Jesus Christ speaks. And actually, if you get into the deep study of that, you find that it's what the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, that Jesus sends to us will will instruct us in and teach us of all the things of God. For that's what he comes to do. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I will leave you with a comforter, and he will teach you all things. Jesus talked about to his disciples, he says, the words that I say are not my words, but they're the Father's words. And he says that this Holy Spirit will instruct us In the things, in the words, in other words, in other words, in the words of the Father. Now, when this scripture was given, I'm sure there were things that were hid. And one main reason why things were hid was because Jesus had not yet died on the cross. He had not yet fulfilled all that was to be accomplished. He had not yet paid the ultimate price that it takes to pay for our sins, all of our sins, the sins of the world. But when he came and he lived that commandment out, and he went to the cross and he died for all of us, he paid for those sins, and he said, it is finished. At that time, when the Holy Spirit then came, and Jesus describes him as the one that is alongside you, but he shall be in you. So God the Father and God the Son, when you accept Christ, when you accept that work that was done, comes and dwells inside you. It's not a step down. It's not a watered down. 
It's the full, fullness of God, the Godhead, the fullness of God. So as he comes and he lives and he dwells inside you, he shows you all things. We talked a little the last time about Melchizedek. A priest, no beginning, no ending. There were priests in the Old Testament that did work. They, they did all the things of the temple, all the things of, of God. They performed all the works faithfully before God. They did everything that they were given to know at that time. But there were secret things that were hid. As time comes on and Jesus comes into our heart and the Holy Spirit speaks to us and comes and lives inside and He begins to teach and, and instruct and lift us from that place into the higher ground from glory to glory and from grace to grace. He teaches us continually and lifts us up from where we've been shows us the things of God, the holy, the good, the powerful things of God. Many times those holy and powerful good things of God that we might be walking through right at the moment are the simple, I love you, you are blessed of God, you have the fullness of God. They're the simple everyday things that we stand in. It may be it may be a simple thing like a prayer at the table of giving thanks in the name of Jesus. Who has ears to hear? And eyes to see. But those that lean upon his breast. Are there things to walk in? Yes. Are there ways to do things? Yes. But a formula without fellowship won't get you anywhere. It's the fellowship of the living God. It's the love of the Father. This morning, as the last time that I was able to, I got the privilege of speaking. God had put together a mighty move of things and events that culminated, it brought up the ideas and the thoughts that we talked about that Sunday morning. This time has been no different. Jenny talked about the, the things that she was going through, just mentioning that there were 
situations and things that was happening in her life and how she would be able to even say something this morning. And I can't tell you how that that same type of feeling was going on in me for the last month and a half that I knew that I was going to be speaking here and for so quite a while that I've known that this, these were the verses. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Because if you read in the first part of that chapter, it talks about that, a lot about that. And then it references all down through the Scriptures. The Lord God is bringing us into a place to operate in the fullness of His Spirit. And there's not a place that you can't operate in. There's not a position that you can't flow in. Because Jesus Christ Himself is the bearer of all those gifts. And He will give to you liberally. He'll not hold back. He'll pour all those things upon your heart and your mind, and He'll lead you into new ways. But you know what happens when those things are going on too? All those moments when it's up and down, and when it seems like you're being torn from one spot to another. Like the grape being crushed in the, in the wine press. You're being crushed. And it seems, oh, that shouldn't happen to an older fellow. But God is continually moving out the things that are impure. So that all the things of Him that are pure and holy and just and good stand strong. And you can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. There are those times when just by accepting what he says about his salvation, you will be healed. But there are also those that are gifts. You're given a gift. And that gift just steamrolls right across the top of all the obstacles that are out there. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Sometimes we get caught up in wanting to just see that amazing thing rather than stand. Because standing requires something. Not long ago, I was fishing over in Cherokee, and I was trying to stand in the river. The water was a little high, and it wanted to take me down, and did for a while. But the Lord brought me to the shore. God is able to make your feet stand. Your feet like hinds feet standing on the Word. Where you can share it with your children. And when you hear those songs that are prophetic... Those songs are prophetic. They can be more prophetic if you say them. And if you are leaning on His breast. 
then they're not just formulas. Then they're the life. And that's what God's bringing us to. That's what's here. These words are not just to sound good in our ears. These songs are, are this day, this, all this culmination of what has happened here is not just to fill up a certain number of minutes and hours on this Sunday morning. This is a word directly from God. Guys, after hearing what was said this morning, After looking at what God has given us, we've married above our heads. And the Lord is doing wonderful things through that work. Wonderful things. So, I hope you've been as as encouraged as I have this morning. God is doing a great work. I had a lot of other scriptures. Those scriptures talked about how that Jesus said, you do have the ability to hear. Because one time when the Pharisees were talking and that subject was brought up, he said to his disciples, but you have the ability to hear and to see. Then in Corinthians, when Paul talks, he talks about how that God didn't choose the mighty and the wise things, but to you has been given. And then in Hebrews, when he talks about uh, Melchizedek and the priesthood, he said, and he, he describes this priesthood. Well, guess what? When you accepted Christ as your Savior, you became a member of that priesthood that will never end. It's not like the old priesthood that had a beginning and it died. But it's of a new priesthood that will never end. It will hear the things of God. It will see the things of God. I am challenged and just it's with overflowing joy, with, with excitement. Move toward those verses that says that we are to pursue the things of God. Walk in them, they're pleasant. Live in them, they're joyous. They're exciting. They will change lives. There's hope and goodness and power And the world needs this priesthood that you are a part of. Hear the voice of God. He's speaking to you this morning. And He's filling your heart with His presence. Father, we thank You today. There is none like you. You are wonderful. You lead us into all good things. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Mend, heal, deliver, encourage, strengthen every person here today. Every person. Father, if there's someone here that does not know you as their Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is working on that heart. Those that don't know you. Drawing them to yourself. If that's you, you need to just turn to Jesus right now. Just give up to Him. Ask Him to come into your life. Let Him fill you. If there's other needs, You want us to join with you in believing for the power of God to move mightily within you. Then I want you just right where you're at, just stand up. Stand up right where you're at. You have a need that you recognize needs this kind of help. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are meeting these needs. This is your will. That you are supplying the victory through your precious blood. We thank you. If this is a moment of accepting you as Lord and Savior, we thank you for that. If this is a moment of overcoming situations, then, Lord God, we thank you for that. Addictions gone. Weakness gone. Sadness gone. Fear gone. Lord God, we lift our eyes to You and we praise Your name. There is none like You. You are holy and good. You have brought us the victory through Your Son, Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful, Lord, that we can stand as a body and believe together and encourage one another to walk in this area. You are holy, Lord God. And I will sing this song louder. I will praise Your name. And all of heaven will come to my rescue. Lord, You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. Thank you. Thank you, Father.
Jenny, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Remember, love one another.